You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Good morning, traders and investors. It looks like I got myself a little bit of a Dennis hair day today, so that means there's some chaos in the markets. We'll take a look at did the bull thesis get some cracks in it as we're taking a look. Did the meme stocks bring the rally to an end? UK inflation out of control. Any opportunities in the Inflation Reduction Act now being signed into law? Manchester United, who scored a goal or maybe caught themselves before they scored a goal. And we'll talk about the monthly retail sales as they hit last time. They definitely shook the market a little bit. We'll keep watch. We'll talk about earnings from Target, Lowell's, TJX. And of course, we got our special guest today, Dan Ives, Wedbush Managing Director and Senior Equity Research Analyst. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep, where you get everything you need to get your trading day started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's bring on Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. How we doing, guys? Um, what's up? That's Dennis. What's up? Where's the soft duck? Stop, 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 stop. Always soft duck. Look at that soft duck. Soft duck. I'm thinking more the Budweiser. Little soft duck. Get a focus. Little soft duck. Are you soft soft duck? I don't. I was thinking that was from the Budweiser commercial. Oh, oh no, that's that's Stop. that's Dennis's favorite NFT that he doesn't know about. Really? <laughs> Dennis, do you have any NFTs? I'm gonna have I'm to get sure him a sub duck. I don't I'm gonna get you a sub duck, Dennis. I'm sure they're out there. We need to put it on your profile. Do you it. look cool with a sub duck. Dennis, I want to get you an NFT for your house. Let's do it. Yeah, we can I can hang it on my I can use it on my digital wallpaper on my computer or look on. We can really? do an NFT like of the oven. Because there's only there's only a few out there, the ovens. You might as well just do a digital NFT. Yeah. We'll you do could it. have a you could have a digital oven and you could cook your meals in the metaverse. Oh, yeah. I'll, well, I'll tell so you what. Someone put this market in the cooker because yeah, something's going on out there. Yeah, all right, let's get there. to the markets. We're we're playing around too much. The crowd's real them in, real them in. Uh a little chink in the armor yesterday, and it was because of the meme stocks. Of course, we'll talk about them for 27 minutes here. Uh, but um, we went green last night, then we went red. We took out yesterday's low. There's not a lot of support in here, uh, but this market's just kind of been hanging on. Off the, yesterday's decline, it rallied back. So bottom line is we have, we're pretty well in the red. We're down 32.50 at 42.75. Uh, crude, look at this now hanging in the mid 80 handle down six cents, 86.47. Uh, gold slipping a little bit too, uh, farther away from 1800, down 520, 1784.80. Silver all the way back under 20 after kissing 21 almost, uh, down 29 cents at 1979. 
Bitcoin in the red, down 240, kind of quiet. We don't talk about Bitcoin much, down 240, 23.705. And Ethereum futures, uh, they're down $5.50, make it $7.50 at $18.75. So, you know, you guys have been like, you know, every day you're like, this is the top, this is the turn, we're getting bearish. And I put up my dukes and I, I fight you guys every day, but... It's getting a little bit harder. What can it's I say? I have a good a little, left hook. Yeah, I got a good left hook, Joel. It's it's um, getting a little bit more difficult. You can't throw in the to towel. You, you yeah. can't throw in the towel, right? I don't even know what to say on the market. I mean, when you get Bed Bath & Beyond blasting off 70% yesterday, you realize that we're, you know, just in, you know, we're in this whole scenario here again where the market is completely disconnected from reality. I mean, yep. you're starting to see the meme stocks. The FOMO has taken over. Obviously, you know, you see it here again this morning, up five bucks here once again. I mean, it's wild. It's limit up. It's limit down. It's limit up. It's limit down. It's just it's just showing you that right now at this moment in time, a lot of stocks are disconnected from fundamental reality. And I mean, you see it in earnings. You know, yes, we went through earnings season. And yes, they were okay. Maybe they weren't as bad as we feared. But they weren't great either. So to just come up no. here and start buying stocks up near all-time highs, and there's a lot of stocks that are now not that far from all-time highs, it seems absolutely absurd to me. But that's the market environment we're in. And if we're disconnected from fundamentals, anything goes. Yeah, it's something that we've got to watch for. I mean, we've started seeing the dash for trash, and um, it looks like it's they're starting to dash away from the trash now as we got a little bit of a turnaround late in the market yesterday. Of course, triple BY running significantly, and it did cause a squeeze in a lot of stocks. I mean, it wasn't only the meme stocks, and that's one thing that I definitely would bring up because it was also just high short interest, right? I mean, I don't think it's just oh, yeah. only meme stocks right it's not only those it was also but like that's all the same they're sports. all cut from the same what's the difference between the meme stock and the high short interest stock right? that's why i want to change that dennis i don't want to call it meme stocks anymore i want to focus it more on it's just high interest stocks with low float a lot of the times um i know like one that isn't really just brought up every day on wall street bets is hibbit sports h-i-b-b but if you take a look at that move, it's very similar, right? Very similar move, squeezing on up yesterday, pushing, pushing strong. There was and I think so this many. is just high short interest. It was an absolute huge short squeeze in every single stock. Take us right back to you know that one day last year. They were all doing that too. They're all anything with high short interest. And you know what? I was planning from the long side intraday too because it was working. I had a good trade and upstart. It's, you know, had a higher <laughs> short interest. We started to see Bed Bath & Beyond blast off. I bought that upstart, I think, at like 31.80. I sold later in the day, like 36 and change. was my best trade of the day. I mean, there was, a, you know, a number of stocks that were just going all off short interest. So basically everything that had a short interest, you know, above 25, 30% was running yesterday. So squeeze them, squeeze them, squeeze them. That's what the Bed Bath & Beyond, we talk about who's driving the bus it was totally Bed Bath & Beyond yesterday. It was driving the bus on everything. It's driving the bus to a certain again, a certain extent here. Well, I think it will be driving the bus again here this morning. It's already traded 10 million shares. It's up here once again. But again, it's just telling me that the market doesn't care about fundamentals right now. The market now is back to story time. You know, what's hot? What's, you know, what's the cool story? What's, you know, oh yeah, the cool story right now. Squeeze some shorts, man. Let's squeeze the shorts. So, I mean, that's where we're at. So to sit here and build a thesis around a macro environment right now is not, the market doesn't care. To build a thesis around disappointing earnings, you know, Target was disappointing here today. The market doesn't really care. The market right now cares about a hot story. It will care again. The market always does eventually reconnect with fundamentals. That's what it was doing in early 2022. But now it's disconnected once again. So when it disconnects, again, it's anything goes. You can't analyze from a fundamental basis. You just got to go with the flow. Technicals still work. Technicals work well in a lot of different environments. And that's what you got to rely on. You start seeing these stocks breaking out here again. Hard to fight the tape. Yeah, and um, the question now is, did that bring the rally to an end now? Is the rallying ending here? Um, one thing that I will uh, kind of point to is we got that dip in the RSI. We're back to 75 on the daily. So I know that uh, a lot of people wanted to 
talk yesterday and we kind of showed it off the the hit at the bottom back to the top now we're at the top of extremes we got up there at 86 yesterday we hit what 83 today we're back down towards the 75 so showing a little bit more that we could be topping here doesn't always mean 100 but one thing is now that we have kind of this topping candle we have some levels to go off of if the bears want to come in and start trying to knock this market. What do you think about the overall market here now, how it's setting up, Joel? Uh, I mean, yesterday was a little bit of a chink in the armor, right? I mean, you have Mm -hmm. your high close. I mean, there's a lot of things that you're looking at on there, but I just look at the high close and the move. I'm not worried about, you know, 43.2750. That was Tuesday's high. I don't think that's going to come into play. I'm going to see. I'm going to see if we can get back in and regain that close. Now that 0775, I mean, that's a big level. You're back at 4300 psychological. I mean, there, there there's resistance now. Like all these other days when you're talking about the RSI and this, that, and other thing, there's no. I can't identify any. I, there's no resistance in there. Okay, now it makes a little bit more sense because you have levels. You have the close from yesterday. You have the close from Monday at uh, at 98 and a quarter. Um, the other thing, the complexion of the market is, you know, people have been selling in the strength. It's been easy to do. The market's been going up. The market gets killed when they're just like, okay, we're whacking bids. We're going down. We're getting out. The institutions are coming in. They're not sitting their big fat offers out there. So, it's changed. The complexion of the market's changed, um, and uh, we'll see what the you know what the price actually. We're still above all the weekly numbers. We're still above the daily numbers. We're still way above our quarterly numbers. So one bad day, you can't throw it out. But um, definitely, definitely a, a different market. And the other thing I discussed with Triple D, you know, the meme stocks t- uh, tapped out in twenty one in January twenty one. The market went up for another year. After they finally peaked and they haven't even peaked yet. So different little different things going on, rising interest rates, rampant inflation, China, Russia. So there's a few other fundamental things are. But, uh, you know, so far we're cruising through August and uh, await September. Yeah, we can go ahead. Let's pivot into some news and let's go to the micro of target today uh missing here on their eps 39 cents missing the 73 cent estimate sales at 26.04 billion missing the 26.9 billion estimate there and of course target reiterating its full year forecast but of course more inventory concerns inventory is still high at 15.32 billion at the end of second quarter compared to 15.08 billion at the end of the first um, now they did kind of get hit hard on their margins from trying to lower some of this inventory and get it off uh, but as they said target also said that operating margin rate would range around 6% in the second half of the year that would represent a big jump from the operating margin in the fir- in the second quarter, which was at one point two percent. Just, just you know, even the reaction here, and I don't know what that bar is down to one fifty two, Joe. I think that's a bad print because it's don't a bad see- print. I have it too. It's a bad yeah, print. I, 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 never really saw it go down much at all on this. It, it would actually. What did up- you see? I, well, it actually went red on the initial print and then they brought it green and it was 180 bid and somebody's like they're taking this thing green and they didn't care and i was like i feel like shorting it like i honestly feel like shorting this into this number because this is a crappy report and they're going to try to take this green but then i had the whole bed bath and beyond thing going in my head how disconnected (laughs) everything is i'm like this is just the kind of thing that they do you know stock you know misses you know, just crappy report and they buy it anyway. So I'm like, I'm just out. I'm just not going to trade it. Um, obviously, then it went down. So it would have been the call. But I mean, it just shows you how like a Bed Bath & Beyond can influence you in so many other different ways. You know, when you're like not playing with fundamentals anymore, you're not playing, you know, normal news. You know, I see a stock miss like that. I didn't smack the bed. But we're just not in a normal environment here right now. So things can, are, are disconnected. So I would think, you know, Target obviously would get hit a lot harder on this. But this is the most forgiving market maybe in the history of markets here right now. Um, obviously, you know, so many earnings, you know, disappointing and stocks rallying on them anyways. Um, I, I yeah, It's hard to say if this is going to have follow through or not. I mean, the buy the dip mentality is out there too. It's a matter of, you know, the, the S&Ps do have some cracks here. You know, we got hit pretty good yesterday, getting hit a little bit here today. 
So, you know, today's an important day. We're going to have the Fed minutes, you know, obviously two o'clock. So we'll see what the Fed's thinking. Watch the but, big boys. Watch. And that's another thing that uh, Mitch and I talked about on the late show. I mean, you, you, you looked, I mean, it wasn't your big boys leading you up yesterday. You know, I, and, and actually on one point, Mitch, when we were on at the close, uh, seven of the 11 top components in the index were in the red, in the red in the red for the day. So we know that's the stuff that, uh, that was taking us up as far as these target and Walmart charts. I hate them. I absolutely hate these charts. I, you know, I can give you guys some good analysis. <laughs> They're hard. Things. These, I hate these charts. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're they're playing Phillips. games with us. They're playing. I, games I don't even with know us. It's hard. Play. I mean, let's I just be just, honest. I would just drill down and I would say, just make it, you know, when, when something's this confusing to me, I hardly ever do this. I'll just go to the 15 minute and I'll say, <laughs> someone's there buying at 173.50 and someone is selling at 177. And that's all I can give you. What you do on that one. It's all on your own, but this is in the middle of nowhere, and the same with Walmart. Well, look at what happened. It rallied so much off of Walmart earnings. I mean, yeah. it gapped up eight thirteen dollars at the peak on the Walmart report, and then it comes out with its own report, and it's crap. And they but don't even give, give half of it back. Yeah, you know, if this market was trading on fundamentals, I honestly think the stock would be like one sixty, but it's not. So it's like, oh, the buy the dippers are coming in. The money managers are underinvested. They're all spooked at the bottom is in and they've missed it. And they've got to come in and you know buy whatever they can possible. So, I mean, again, if you're analyzing it from a fundamental basis, it's a tough game right now. Mm-hmm. I know I've tried to do it. You got to just go back to the technical. It's like yesterday, you know, with Bed Bath & Beyond. I'm sitting there and I'm like watching it. I'm like, all right, I don't want to do it, but I'll buy some of these high short interest names too. Because that's what's running. And I had like 15 of them going. And they were all going up. You know, and they were all moving higher. And I'm like, I even texted you, Joel. I was like, I'm long all this crap, you know, right now. But I'm like, it's working. I sold it all when Bed Bath & Beyond started to break down. Um, but, you know, I ended up, I think I made money on 13 out of the 15. And actually a couple of them I did really well. I think on that upstart, I think I made 16% on that trade in, in like three hours. Yeah, so there's not many there's times opportunities. in this within it. So I'm, I'm going to just, you know, teach you something right here. Just because you're overall bearish doesn't mean you can't be temporarily bullish. So, you know, my overall thesis is I'm a seller, a net seller of stocks, in long-term portfolio, but I'm long, it was long all the crap yesterday. I'm full on go. Let's go. You know, and it was fun. <laughs> it was a fun day. It was a very good trading day for me. So it was a fun day for a little bit. Um, you know, somebody's saying, Oh, you must got whacked on bed, bath, me on. No, I had one of my best days. So Ben Bathy Beyond was my leader, and I was using that to trade some of this other stuff. We'll talk about that Thursday, you know, those indicators and obviously, you know, how you can trade that stuff. But, I mean, you got to go with what you're seeing. You can't yeah. go with your opinion. Your opinion doesn't matter to the market. market and, you know, and a lot of people you. think, oh, I make a call, I'm bearish, I'm always short stocks. No, no. you're going with the flow, guys and, and, and girls. I mean, it's not about your opinion. If I traded on opinion... I don't think I'd be in this game for 23 years. You've got to trade <laughs> on what is actually happening and you have to ignore your opinions. So, yeah. you know, yesterday, if I'm like full on, well, this doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to go short Bed Bath Beyond because there's no reason to be at $20. You get killed. You get absolutely killed. So you've got to go with what you're seeing, not with what you're thinking sometimes. Yeah. So one thing I always look at and ask myself when you see those types of moves is what type of environment are you in? Are there other stocks that are ripping like that? I think that's the question you need to ask often. Now, one thing with this target is that it's interesting is we're about to get retail sales report, right? And so you never know if that comes in light and retail sales looking better, this could flip. This could flip. So uh, I'm not saying that it's logical to play target to the upside today, but uh, I'm going to be paying attention. Of course, people are still buying numbers. I think people exactly. are still, they still got retail. And yeah, I mean, they're still, they're still spending money. You know, I don't, I, I like to me, Walmart. I mean, if you put me in a wall, you know, blindfolding me and you put me in a Walmart or a target or like Coles is a little higher. I wouldn't know the difference between the two. I like, I don't like, you know, maybe the the clientele is a little bit different, but like all these stores are Kmart to me. I mean, you know, that's I just like I look at this stuff and I see like this ugly dress and this whole rack room or ugly sport coats, and I'm like, 
how are they going to sell one of those, let alone a whole rack of those things? So I don't understand it, but with Dennis, to allude to Dennis' point, don't try and understand it, right? Because mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to. You're you're exactly right, Joel. They are all Kmart. I mean, Walmart, let's be dead honest. Sam Walton looks at Kmart and says, how can we make Kmart better? We'll change the K to a wall and we'll figure out, you know, how to you know make the whole store better. And he became a multi-billionaire just doing that, just copying Kmart. Kmart existed before Walmart, folks. Kmart. Yep. And it became Walton. Well, we're going to go Walmart and we're going to just make Kmart better. That's exactly what Kmart he did. He didn't, re he didn't, you know, reinvent the wheel. He just made the wheel more round and he got rich doing it. And that's so many ideas. I mean, that's for everything has been like that. You know, like people, you know, it's it's the people who really get rich are the people who take a good idea and just improve it. And that's what it is. And Target is just a cleaned up Walmart, too. It's, you know, it's like a tidier Walmart. They got a little more upscale stuff. It seems like a little bit of a nicer store. And I can guarantee you if you go into Walmart and Target, you will definitely know the difference. The, the Target is a lot nicer store than a Walmart. But, you know, it's, it's not at a Nordstrom level. So, I mean, you go, you know, and then there's another level of upscale. So, I mean, it all depends on what you want to shop at, too. But, I mean, Walmart is just Kmart improved. You know, what right. Walmart, you know what Walmart could do to really improve their overall um, store sales? Slurpees. They got to bring back <laughs> Slurpees. Do you remember them? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'll tell you that much. What about Kmart, the blue light special? Remember oh, yeah. Cool? Yeah. The blue, blue light, light just special. Around and then the blue light special and people were all over it. That was fun, too. But then yeah. someone stole the blue light and then they couldn't do it anymore. Is that what it was? Somebody stole the blue light? <laughs> I think Kmart had like their little like Costco like hot dog section, too. I mean, they had a little food there. I think that helped. You know, get me inside the store. Give me a little hot dog. But let's go to the next one. Which one came first? I would love to I would see if you guys know this. Lowell's or Home Depot, which one came first? Do you guys know? What do you mean? Which, 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 which store came first? Which was store? I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. I, I thought. Actually, I don't know. No, I don't ah, know. That's, uh, that's something. That, let's see if the chat knows. I honestly didn't know. Who, I was wondering because with the, the Kmart and Walmart situation, did one copy you know, the other. Kmart was before Walmart. Who's right? created first? Lowe's or Home Depot? I don't know the answer to that. All right. Well, let's go to the Lowe's numbers at least. EPS. Oh, you're not going to tell us? I'll, I'll tell you right there. now. I'll let the chat do some guessing. They're saying Home too. Depot. I think it's Home Depot too. I'm, I'm going to verify Before you myself, give the numbers, right you know what the main difference to me between Walmart and Kmart is? I've never called Walmart and asked them if they have Prince Albert in a can. Did you, did you? Did you ever do that? <laughs> what? It's a it's a tobacco. You're going off the, off it's the a rails, tobacco. Yeah. And you call up and you say, hello, do you have Prince Albert in a can? And they're like, oh, yeah, we we do. And we're like, well, you better better let him out. He can't breathe. Oh, gosh. You were crank calling back in the day. You were crank calling Kmart. Yes. Joel, you're, and what did you in there was identical. When that came out, you were done. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Joel, so, you're bad. Home Depot is younger, actually. So Lowell's actually started first. It started October 10th, 1961 in North uh, Wilkinsboro, North Carolina. There you go. And uh, Home Depot started June 29th, 1978, almost 17 years later um, in Marietta, Georgia. So there you Lowe's. guys have it. Lowell's, man. All right, wow. let's go to those Lowell's numbers here. $4.67 on the EPS, beating the $4.62 estimate. Sales at $27.5 billion, missing the $28.14 billion estimate. Um, they did provide guidance for full year 2022. They just increased the high side a little bit over the estimate. They got it up to on the EPS to $13.60. Sense and the estimates is in the 40s. Uh, Lowell's does rely more on the do-it-yourself customer, and it seems like that's where they were missing this year. Of course, a lot of people did those uh, do-it-yourself projects in the pandemic, and so maybe that's starting to hit them. The numbers aren't great here either. Market doesn't give a crap. Honey Badger Market, nah, they're good enough. Let's <laughs> just buy it anyways. We rip Home Depot. Their report wasn't great yesterday either, and they ripped it all day long. So this is the market environment we're in. Good enough is good enough. I mean, you know, Home Depot did beat yesterday. Lowe's missed on the sales. We're like, ah, good enough, and they buy them anyway. So I don't know when we get the eventual rug pull. I'm not chasing any of these earnings, but it is what it is. You can't fight the tape.
Uh, inter interesting level here. Um, you, you're opening into yesterday's high. So, um, you know, if you want to get the stream market high 22.50, you're not going to blink here. And I would just, you know, if you think this is going to be a runner like it was yesterday, then you don't want to see it go red. Uh, that closing price that you need to keep an eye on the close and that closing price from yesterday was 214.12. So there you go. Who's your the internet provider, Joel? Joel, who's your internet provider? Because they suck. Comcast, why? Well, you've been choppy for about uh, a week here now, just like chopping <laughs> in and out every once in a while. Really? And, me, and the reason we know it's you, you is because me and Mitch are good. It's not your headset, <laughs> your video camera even actually right now. is because he's in the boring. dungeon. I don't yeah, know no, what it I, is. It, like, I would blame Rogers if you had Rogers in the States because we can blame Rogers. We could just blame it anyways, Dennis. You know, What's that? We could just blame Rogers. Is it, uh, is it it might sound? be Rogers' fault. You know what? I'll, um, I'll, I haven't rebooted. You know, reboot. Oh, well, you can reboot. You can try that after the show. But maybe we'll talk to Comcast there, too. They got, maybe they got, you know, they got a Give Rogers. Give them a ring. You know? Don't worry. Yeah, I shut them all the time. They could have some that. connections with Rogers or something. <laughs> No, but yeah, definitely. Let's get out of that. Let's go towards the next company we can talk about. TJX here reporting EPS down uh, 69 cents year over year, uh, 79 cents sales at 11.8 billion, missing the 12.08 billion estimate. Um, are people shopping at TJX and going for a little bit of a discount? What do you guys think? Well, apparently not as much as the market thought yesterday because the stock <laughs> was ripping higher there and TJX was ripping higher even last night. Like earnings come out and they were okay. I mean, the earnings were okay, you know, 69 versus 67. But um, I don't know. I don't think anybody's coming out with great earnings. It's just this market. I mean, it doesn't even matter. You know, you come out and you're like, nah, they were just okay. And they still continue to buy it. It's just the environment that we're in. It's the most I say it again, one of the most forgiving markets that I've ever seen. It's very forgiving right now. 65, better hold that on the downside. I know you just pierced it in the pre-market trading. That's the pair of lows in the last few sessions. So you cracked 65. I see more downside in the you know upper 63 handle. And on a day you come out with earnings, the street has you red. You know, you got to look at the at that close as uh, resistance at uh, 66, 65. Next. All right, let's go back here. I did want to talk a little bit about the UK inflation coming out of control here. It's CPI coming in at 10.1 annually above the estimates of 9.8, up from 9.4% in June. Core inflation also coming in hot at 6.2, rising from 5.8 in June. Um, and showing more that the food cost was the main driver here. Supermarkets had little choice but to pass on the price increases from suppliers. Of course, this is coming uh, across the pond from UK and just showing more and more, at least uh, Europe. I, I don't see them having any type or close of, of soft landing. It's almost kind of um, when do they kind of consider recession hitting there in Europe, but it doesn't look good. And to your point, Mitch, when the telling is 13, it's basically the real inflation rates double that. I mean, just like our CPI, you can basically double the real infl the infl inflation rate that they tell you because we know they don't calculate the same way they did years ago. I mean, uh, it, we, are we at peak inflation? Yeah, I think we're at peak inflation for the most part, but this doesn't mean it's going to come right back down. doesn't mean like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go right back down to 2% again. So, I mean, that, that's the overall concern here is, you know, I still think the Fed has a lot of tightening to do, but we'll see what the minutes say. I mean, the Fed, you know, as the market came down a bit, I don't know if they're going to be hawkish on it. You know, the markets come back up. They have every opportunity to be very hawkish because it's not like the market is even in the gutter anymore. I was a Fed on these minutes here today. And I know I've moved away from the UK because we're not in the UK, we're in the US. But I think if I'm, you know, the Fed, I'm looking and saying, well, the market's had a pretty good rally. Uh, I think, you know, that we can, you know, say what we want to say. And I think they're going to say that, hey, inflation's still hot and we're going to stick to the course here and we're going up in September again. Yeah, they're not backing down. They're not backing down. I don't down think they are. I don't they think they, they are they either. Can't. I, like, the, the, if the they do, is... this market is going to just go nuts to the upside. If they go soft, you know, if they go dovish today, yeah, some can't. type of commentary, the market would just rip, 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 rip. rip. So All right, I Dennis, think, Dennis, I think go wide. Go wide. Do you yeah, think retail sales are going to move it? No, I think I so. Know. 
Bed Bath and Beyond is at twenty-seven dollars now. All right, let's give the estimates here. Just make sure they get hit there before it comes in. Retail sales month over month estimate is 0.1. So an increase of 0.1. Prior was 1.0. Remember, that was a surprise there with that 1.0 last month. Uh, Core retail sales month over month estimate at negative 0.1. So a decrease of 0.1. Prior was 1 there. So don't miss it here. It's going all to be right. something that we're all going to be right, watching. It's about to hit. We'll see if this moves the market. One stock that I will be watching, I talked about it earlier. We'll target rebound with this. That's what I'm going to be taking a look at. Also, okay. yeah, can, can we get a little bit of a of a kind of retail bouncing back here? At least I, I think with your target, I think people will get caught in that yesterday. You know, they got caught up in the Walmart. They got Walmarted there, so they got Walmarted. I think I think a lot of people will be like, well, oh, uh, well, those they won't look at down. it like a rollback, <laughs> like a Walmart rollback. <laughs> Uh, the first knee-jerk reaction was a new low at 66.50. Or if that's just a, the algos, the pre-algo traders, uh, whoever sold it at 66.50 is not too happy right now. We're back up at 73 and a quarter. I wish I had something for you in that 42.60 handle. Um, I don't. Little spike. Look at we're getting on. Look at the algo jumpers there. The market goes thin, and they're just throwing the orders. You just hit 42.75. <laughs> Nothing there either. And we don't even have the number out. You got a you got a ten point move uh, right back to where it. we started from. Right at 71.75, 72. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, the first, the first guy, the first move was down. Now we're flat. Breaking news All from right, Rick. There we Ranger go. Rick. What do you got retail sales 0.4 increase versus the expected was a decrease of 0.1 there from the cores. That's a good sign there for retail. Uh, good or a uh, good number coming in here. Higher than expected, better than expected at 0.4 an increase versus a decrease of 0.1. So there you the bad news. Uh, good news is bad news, right? Yeah, it's not the way the logic works, right? <laughs> right. I told y'all people were still spending money even before you got the uh, the, the stupid retail sales number. People are still out there spending. Uh, not sure what they're spending it on. Uh, you know, still right now the market's taking the, the position that so uh, it's hot. It's hot. It's a split. It's inflation. a split number. So the core number came in better, but then the overall number came in worse than expected at zero versus the increase of 0.1. Um, so, I mean, there's not too much of a change there, but uh, the retail sales at zero percent, no unchanged uh, versus the increase of 0.1 that was expected in the core retail sales. It came in better than expected there. So that's interesting to note. Something that we'll keep watch. And it doesn't look like the market moved too much, but we'll see. Well, it's actually about Dennis. two, three points away from where it was before the number. Uh, I mean, I think the, I think the direction of the market was really determined even before the number. We were selling off overnight. Yeah. Uh, people taking a little bit of a, a defensive position in the market. Took the opportunity to uh, to sell a little bit of uh, a little bit of strength there. Uh, we're getting into areas of really limited support here. Uh, I can't give you anything down until um, an interday low. So uh, market uh, economy still rolling along. So if the, you know the Fed's trying to put it down and inflate, you know, stop people from spending, that looks like they're still out there spending. We'll keep watch. We'll see what happens here. Uh, remember, we got some retail that came in this morning, so we'll see how those affect the earnings going into the open. All right. Uh, looks like we got about a minute here till we get towards our guest. Um, do we want to talk a little bit of the Elon thing right quick? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Let's do it. it. Manchester United, uh, Man U is the ticker. Uh, getting a push after the Elon Musk tweeted that he was buying the British football team and then he said really quickly, I was joking. <laughs> can I can I pull that back? I'm gonna call him the Elon Musk forever now. I love that. You know, Mitch says yeah, the he, Elon Musk. I like it, the Elon Musk. Not you he know, deserves like it, Sir you know? Elon Musk. We're gonna just call him the Elon Musk. Could be the only person in the whole world called the. You know, it's like the Joel Alcon. It's like the, referring to the, the king. Elon Musk. So the Elon Musk, 
tweets out something that he honestly doesn't even know what he's tweeting half the time. He just tweets and doesn't think. He probably didn't even realize Manchester United was a public company. So then obviously, you know, he's tweeting out something silly. And all Here's of a sudden, tweet. yeah, he's tweeting out something silly. And then he's like, somebody's like, oh, you just, you know, Did you see manipulation. What... He probably didn't even realize it was public. And he's like, oh. So then he's, and now he backed off the comment, right? So Look at the comment from Michael Saylor here. He said, I would prefer that you buy some more Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's fun though, man. Twitter's fun. Yeah, Twitter is fun. You Twitter know, is uh, fun. These are two two of the biggest on, on FinTwit. They get a lot of following there, so they're talking to each other. Did he other. back off the comment, though, later? Did yeah, he, he did. Yeah, yeah, he backed yeah, off. He has to know that that's a publicly traded. Why yeah, would he know he, that? He's he's Why there, would you know though? that? Because I know that. He he was was I guarantee you he didn't know it. I guarantee Could you, you tweet at him and ask him that? And then, he, and then somebody said he American manipulation. He's like, why were they talking about it? Like, oh, I didn't even know that was public. For <laughs> sure he didn't know. No way he knew it. He didn't know it, and then he's just tweeting stupid stuff, and all of a sudden he's going to get in trouble for tweeting stupid stuff again. I don't even think he knew it. All yeah, right. He, he has some late let's nights. Talk some late nights. Let's, let's just talk, talk fundamentals. We, uh, enough with uh, the Twitter Why stuff. Why talk let's fundamentals go. when they don't matter? Okay, well, I'll, they, I'll give it do, to you. Don't so, say that with Dan Ives in the green room. Come I'm going to ask him what he thinks. Okay. Let's get, get Dan Ives on here. All Dan right, Ives from Wedbush. Let's get out of Man U before we get all stuck on Elon here. Let's go to our Dan Ives, Wedbush Managing Director and Senior Equity Research Analyst. Welcome back, Dan. Great to be here. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. It's great to have you. Let's go ahead. Let's dive on in. I know that we got a little bit off track there with Elon, but let's go back to the overall market here. How are you seeing the, the action right now in tech? You know, we've had some warnings out there, some pre-announcements. Where do you see the environment right now? Look, I think tech investors, especially institutionally, were underweight going into earnings. I think a lot of fear, you're going to see demand come off more than it has. And I think guidance better than expected. You combine that with what we're seeing specifically, supply chains starting to improve in Asia. You know, you've seen guidance cut, so I think some of the band-aids are ripped off. Of course, across the board, you're going to have some winners and losers. But in my opinion, I think tech set up to, to rip higher in the second half. Didn't we was just it, rip was higher it, though? Uh, Dan, yeah, didn't better we just than rip... expected or not mm -hmm. as bad as expected? Was it better than expected or not as, as, bad, as bad as expected? I'd say better than feared. I mean, if I, if I just look, I mean, just go across the board, right? From, from cloud, from Microsoft, to even SAP, I think to what we're going to see with Oracle, to cybersecurity, you had some bumps across the board, Fortinet and some others. But overall, cybersecurity, I think, was pretty robust. And I think Palo Alto is going to be a strong print in the next you know, week or two. And then overall, when we look at Apple and the, and the tech stalwarts, I think those numbers and that guidance was... I think incrementally better than anyone feared. And when you talk about like tech's rip tire, the last call it three, four weeks, I mean, our view is that that's, we're only halfway through. And, and I mean, sort of our call going into earnings was you'll have an, a relief rally in terms of, you know, at least what we picked up fundamentally better than feared. 
And then I think it just comes down to so many investors, especially you know, when it comes institutionally, I think they're just under underweight tech. And I could just tell you doing this 21 years, it's extremely negative in terms of sentiment out there. And I think that's, you know, that, that's sort of our view in terms of owning the winners here. Don't you feel though, Dan, like it's turned? I mean, we were negative. We go back to June and July. It was extremely negative. But I mean, this Apple, let's just give this run some perspective here. You know, 130 to 170 in four weeks is a huge move. The thing's trading 26 times earnings. You know, supply chain, you can say that, you know, supply chain has improved. But there's still issues here across the board. And we're in a political war with China here now. That's got to be a scary thing, too. I mean, if you're Apple and you're sitting there, I mean, maybe you can just say, okay, it's not going to affect Apple whatsoever. But, I mean, I don't think the supply chain issues are just magically going to be perfect ever and, and, and for a long time. So I don't, sure. you know, I'm just curious, you know, how you come up with, you know, we're halfway there because another, you know, 40 point run in Apple is making new all time highs. Why do we want to buy this up to 30 times earnings? Well, I mean, look, I mean, it, but also it goes back to, I, I think it got way overdone on the negative side. I could say that for Apple, for Tesla, for Microsoft, you know, potentially for Amazon as well as Google. Look, I mean, my view is that I'm not saying that around the edges, we're not starting to see some demand softness. But let's say when it comes to Apple, you have 240 million iPhones that are in a window of an upgrade opportunity that haven't upgraded in the last three and a half years, going into an iPhone 14 cycle. So my view is that you could potentially have peak iPhone numbers over the next 12 to 18 months. In terms of on the valuation side, because I think there's, there'll be a big argument Okay, Apple got re-rated during the pandemic. Why shouldn't it get re-rated lower post-pandemic? I mean, my view is that services is here to stay from a valuation perspective. I think that's worth 1.2 to 1.4 trillion. I think that, you know, that for me as a bull in terms of long term on the name, that's sort of my view how we see this name playing out. But again, I might hear all, all the time from the other side. I get the negative sort of view, especially on tech and, and some of these names, but at least where we stand today, I feel firmer today in the bullish thesis than I did a month ago. So what other stocks do you like then? Like Apple, obviously, say, but you know, there's in Palo Alto, you've mentioned as well. I've seen you on CBC talking PANW as well. What other, you know, stocks? Is there any like catch up trade here potentially? Like Apple's really run, but maybe some of the other ones sure. haven't. What else do you like, Dan? I think, look, I think Salesforce is going to be a catch-up trade. I think that's one, you know, I think there's a lot of negative sentiment there. Our checks have been strong on Salesforce. I think that's what I view as a catch-up trade. I think you're seeing it in CyberArk as a catch-up trade in terms of cybersecurity. Also look at Ping that got acquired, SailPoint, you know, and some others. I think CyberArk is a, is a top m and candidate. I think also when, when you look across the board, you know, on – you know, I think some areas of cloud, even on the call center side, there's names like Nice Systems, you know, Five Nine, and some others that I think play into that theme. So, look, I, I think in terms of just overall spending, I think cybersecurity and software broadly are going to continue to move higher, especially where we've seen multiples that that almost got cut down forty, fifty percent. Dan, we look at, uh, you know, you look at the markets, like when in June, we had the June expiration and, and you look for turns, right? We're coming up on a September expiration, uh, but just the overall, uh, you know, the overall market, we, we, we've paused here uh, momentarily. Uh, so what, what's the next catalyst? I mean, are you, I see you uh, raised your price target in Apple. I mean, based on some of the numbers from like Microsoft from Google and stuff, we're going to come out of earnings season. I mean, based on earnings seasons, you know, are the analysts going to come up and, and start ratcheting up these, these price hikes? Well, you know, if, if we attempt to stall here, what are you looking at uh, as the next positive well, catalyst? Yeah, look, I think the biggest catalyst, just I'm saying fundamental, just forget valuation, price target, and knife fight between bulls and bears. I think the biggest incremental is what we're seeing in China. I mean, I could tell you from what, from Apple, from Tesla, from what we see on the semi side, last three, four weeks, I think what I'd call modest to significant improvement. And that's extremely important because that, I'm not even just saying from a price perspective, but that's been a constraining issue on tech. 
And I think even on the demand story when it comes to, to China, you know, in terms of the geopolitical and, you know, and obviously those risks, I think, look, I think investors kind of put it in a box, right? Like it's no different than regulatory risk in the Beltway and Brussels versus big tech. I mean, I could, you know, if I had a conversation with investors today, it would almost be like a Groundhog Day from the same conversation I had with the same investor six years ago. All right, I'm going to jump in here now. Of course, we just got signed into law, the Inflation Reduction Act. Is there any opportunities you can see coming out of this still for investments? Look, I mean, EV around the edges, it's a positive. But again, it's one devil's in the details, right? Like in terms of the Chinese component and battery technology, I mean, that's almost like, you know, it's trying to find a cheeseburger that's, you know, without the meat. I mean, fundamentally, like it does take out a lot of OEMs that are exposed that wouldn't qualify for the credit. So I think maybe tangentially there's some positives. I think when you look at probably a name like Rivian, that's probably a name that can maybe see some incremental pop because they've doubled down in terms of from a production perspective in Illinois, and then they'll be building out the second factory, uh, you know, in, in, in Georgia over the coming years. So I think a name like a lie cycle, which is a recycling play from an EV perspective, L-I-C-Y, I mean, they play into that a little commercially, like last mile, probably one of the, you know, I think one of the, the ones that have probably benefited the most is probably Exos. That would probably be a name that, that, that ultimately probably sticks out. Uh, just going back to uh, the Tesla, uh, the Twitter, the Tesla Twitter saga. I know you were uh, pretty confident uh, that the deal was going to get done. Uh, the street wasn't so confident. Took it down to a um, a major discount. Uh, now, now coming back up, it, it's up to the courts here. Uh, are you still maintaining that that deal is going to go through? And uh, can you give us any positive or negative ramifications that it may have on Tesla? Well, first off, I think there's been a decoupling finally between the Twitter exposure that Musk has and Tesla stock. I think if you start to see that play out a bit, you know, especially as, you know, he sold stock, you know, in, in terms of from leads from a cash perspective to get that. Look, I think legally speaking, he doesn't really have that too much of a leg to stand on going into Delaware. And I think the writings in the wall. His choice is, look, a billion-dollar breakup fee, that that's a pipe dream. I think basically best case would probably be a settlement, 5 to $10 billion, that he just would have to pay with Twitter and, and walk away with nothing or ultimately have to buy the company or potentially renegotiate. And we continue to think they come to the table before anyone steps into court in October and deal gets done likely to renegotiate $50, $51. That's sort of our view what happens with Twitter. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you for coming on today, Dan Ives, Wedbush Managing Director. And we'll have you back on, Dan. Appreciate you. All right, let's go ahead. Let's start wrapping on up. If you guys got a ticker or something that's on your radar, throw it up in the chat. We're going to get into some ticker time in just a few seconds here. Let's take an overall look. How do you see the market right now, Joel? Uh, how do I see the market? I see we bounced off the, the pre-market low. Uh, we're definitely in the exact same area as we were before the retail uh, the retail sales numbers. Target still staying within that range. So I still think I still think the market is still undecided. I think the, the direction, you know, the little dip was kind of predetermined by the uh, you know by the momentum from the from the pre-market trading. One trade that I will be looking to see if it comes to an end is the solar trade. Um, I want to start taking a look to see if solar starts turning around. Of course, we've got a huge movement with the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, Joe Biden signing the Inflation Reduction Act into law. Of course, a lot of this gave some climate and energy uh, some moves on up. So I'm going to be watching to see if stocks like ENPH start turning around. It looks like it's really getting heavy there around the 300. So we'll see what happens in the solar stocks. All right. Multiple highs in this, you know, same area consolidation. So at this point, you know, you've had a big move up. 
the trend is up. You have the consolidation. We'll see how the consolidation um, is uh, resolved here. Major sellers in the 300 handle, uh, but the buyers are are stepping up at uh, at 290. Uh, Dennis, I just want to ask you uh, off yeah. that retail. I know you were you were watching the retail sales number, and we had the the algo jumpers in there. Did you see? Uh, did you see any notable price action? Uh, it was a non-event. The, the, the spy yeah, isn't moving. The stocks aren't moving. So you know, spy moved two points on it. So no, that was a non-event. That the, the price action, the action here today, and we got to go back to the Bed Bath Beyond. I mean, it's up thirty-seven percent now. It's up eight bucks. I'm starting to see the short interest name start to catch a bit here again too. Um, you can slowly start to see GameStop's up 3.22% here. AMC's now up 1.57%. They were all down early. You got Fubo, which was, you know, getting, you know, talked about in social media on Twitter. <laughs> I saw it as well. I mean, this is the story right now. So you got it, you know, the market's Fubo. doing its thing. And you've got, you know, this meme stock, high short interest stock. If you want to call it that, that's maybe a better name for it. Like Mitch said, um, mania happening here as a sideshow. So there's two shows happening where the market's a little bit nervous right now because we've run a long ways. But you got this sideshow FOMO that's just running rampant here right now. And I mean to an extreme level. So I'm not even sure what to say on this market, Joel. It's Uh a tricky market to, you know, come in here. I'm going to go right back to, you know, we can analyze everything we want from a fundamental basis. It doesn't matter right now. So right now there is FOMO. You know, Dan Eyes made a good point. There's a lot of money managers who were just too dang bearish tech. You know, they were just too bearish. And obviously, you know, they're, you know, playing catch up now and they're chasing, you know, and, you know, we talk about retail. A lot of people talk about retail being the dumb money. I'm going to say the dumber money is sometimes institutional investors. They literally just seem to get it wrong. It's why 80% of money managers, 90% of money managers don't beat the S&P. They're all, you know, bouncing around trying to, you know, crunch their numbers on fundamentals, you know, and meanwhile, you know, it's trading technically it's trading with so many other you know stories trading so many other things right now so these institutional money managers are all bearish right at the bottom now they're all chasing to dan i's point great point they're all chasing here at this point in time and until they start to get you know to a point where they're overweight tech again maybe we're going to continue to see the rally so um it's hard to just sit here and say yeah you know these earnings this report wasn't good or this is going to be driving or these retail Uh sales are moving the markets when you know, the retail sales mattered zero today. It mattered zero again when you're in this environment, macro, you know, and, and economic numbers just don't matter as much. CPI matters to the market. They don't care about retail sales. Yeah, we got the options expiration on, uh, you know, it's not a it's not a quarterly one. And you know, as we talked with Tim on Monday, you know, it's, you know, turning points, you know, the, the liquidity aims for those Friday expirations. And then there's kind of a little sigh relief the following Monday as they uh, as they reload the positions. So that's something that we could uh, we could look forward to uh, target not really moving here. People still undecided on this report. Very uh, price discovery still going on here at uh, at 176. SP's just kind of creeping up here. Uh, update on the lows. LOW kind of getting a little bit sticky at uh, yesterday's size. So keep an eye on that. So Mitch, if you wanna if you wanna lead some ticker time here, uh, let's yeah, see if we'll- we can find some good ones. All right, we'll do some tickers. And uh, as I search some up right here, we could take a look. ARC is leaking a little bit here in the pre-market just to kind of keep in mind of growth stocks. That's one thing that I'm watching to see how this rally continues or, or changes up. Does it get away from kind of the growth? Yesterday, right out the gates, ARC was dropping fast. Um, here it's dropping fast in the pre-market. We'll see if it takes out yesterday's low. Yeah, well, notice get- ARC not connected with the meme stock mania, which is interesting yep. in itself. You know, Arc was not participating. They didn't have Arc blasting off, and they were buying every high growth tech name. They weren't. They were buying only the ones that had a high short interest. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, some a day like you know, you look at a stock like Square. It was actually down for a lot of the day. I'm still going to call it Square forever. Um, you know, there's there's just was a lot of tech names that actually weren't participating in even even the morning rally. And then obviously in the afternoon we sold off. So I mean, it's very you know, it, it, it's funny. There's just pockets. It's like there's just pockets of movement, and we say the retail trader, but it's mostly the algos, Joel. You know it too. You know this is algorithmic hedge fund driven, 
where you all of a sudden can see the pockets like, oh, this is moving. This is getting talked about. Bum, you know, bum, like bum, certain bum. people, you know, tweet stuff out on social media and the algos instantaneously, you know, take these stocks to limit up, you know, and, and you know, and you know, the people we're talking about, you know, so, so many influential, you know, that's got like 500,000 followers and they, you know, tweet stocks and, you know, then they go. I mean, the algos are all over that stuff too. So this is mostly algorithmic driven, but the algos just seem to move their way and, you know, they're interested in all this high short interest stuff right now. And that's what's really moving. But, you know, it, it's it's all just a sideshow, too, because, you know, the S&Ps, you know, at the same time are starting to show some weakness here. So that's to be of note. But my concern as a bear, if you are bearish, is just that Dan I's point. There's a lot of money managers who are just too bearish tech. And you get a pullback in any of these names. They're probably going to use that as an opportunity to reload. So because uh, this market doesn't have regular fear right now it just has the fear of missing out all right let's go to some of these tickets just, uh, let's just go. let me give a uh, real quick yeah uh, of course that was the, the ticker um in order for this kathy uh this mary ride north to continue uh, i keep an eye on 49 uh 49.33 was yesterday's low uh your five day low 49.05 so this is what she's been you know she's been like having the bumps and then you find a couple lows in the same area a little consolidation a little bump couple lows in the same area so i'm keeping an eye on the downside x marks the spot at um at uh, 49 and then on the upside, you got a very good level. It really is going to have to go into a pretty good rally mode. I don't think we're going to see it today. Uh, the high close of the move was 52.19 on Monday, 52.12 yesterday. I think your sellers are going to step down off that. So there's some levels to keep an eye to see if the uh, ARC rally can continue. All right. Now let's do X. You said X marks the X, spot. So. X. Oh. Right, I'll, let you, I'll let you go first on X, Dennis. Uh, sleepy. Very Yeah, sleepy. but we've had a nice comeback in this one here, too. I yep. mean, this is just, you know, you're 16 bucks. Now you're 25. You know, I've always talked, you know, the stock's traveling waves. You know, you're going, you know, your overall trend is still down. You're waving up here right now. You're back at the point where you struggle in May and June. It would be a natural spot for, you know, where this stock would likely fail. So, you know, it looks cheap, you know, when you look at it on a valuation level. But again, these earnings are very cyclical. And if we go into a recession, you can see a scenario where X would start losing money. So, I mean, people, you know, don't believe it. But this is what we've seen from the stock again and again and again. It makes big money when the economy is going well. It loses money when it's not going well. So if you think we're going into a recession, this is not a stock you want to own. 26 major resistance. Uh, today, I, I just would keep an eye on 25 and a quarter. Because uh, that's been the high close of the rebound. But the longer you take to clear that major seller at 26, that was also a, a monthly high going back uh, a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. That was also your uh, your your June high. So your resistance is set. Let's see if it can take it out. Spoo's slipping again here, yeah, Dennis. We We're back at yeah. It's just there's not that enthusiasm that uh, you know that we've had over the last couple of days. All right, let's go towards here. Uh, everyone wants to take a look at natural gas. I saw mentioned multiple times, whether it be Boyle or UNG, whichever one you want to maybe look at, or we could take a look at just the futures contract. Moment of truth here. I mean, you've come up here on three other months and, and you failed. So this is the fourth time up. So it's strong. It's been up here. Uh, you you can't short it trading up at the highs of the session. I I think for this one, if you're trading it, you just gotta you gotta drill down on you know some shorter time frame uh uh to look at it and see if it starts to pull back because if it turns, it's gonna turn hard and it's gonna crush a lot of people. It's failed here three months in a row. Doesn't look like it wants to this month. All right, let's start wrapping on up here. I did want to mention, of course, don't miss it, guys. We are going to, of course, have what's tomorrow. Don't miss it. The one and only, the swing trading event from pre-market prep, intro to swing trading, hosted by Spencer Israel, Joel Alconin, Dennis Dick, Rob Friesen. You guys don't want to miss it. It's going to be uh, an extremely fun event, and it's from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow don't miss it guys don't get locked out don't be one of those people that you know is hitting up joel on at 11 55 a.m 
right yeah, before the event. Be can I get that. in, Joel? Can I get in? Don't don't be doing that. Uh, I just uh, I just I, I tweeted this out yesterday. Uh, what I think is going to uh, make this event a little bit different than uh, the other ones is the way uh, Dennis Elisa set up his first presentation. Is you're going to get to look into like his plan for next week, the things that he's thinking about before so when the actual events hit he has his plans so from uh from the how the earnings and the dividend stocks so i uh, really looking forward to that so go to go to premarketprep.com to sign up for that and uh dennis i'll be looking forward to your uh taking a look at your second presentation today yeah and- just putting the finishing touches on the second one and then i'm doing a third one with rob as well and i know you've got your technical yep uh you're gonna be doing that with spencer crash questions technicals talking about all your uh technical strategies there as well so there you go that's what we're talking um event driven trading i'm going to be talking about a lot of you know different types of relationships still but looking at it from a swing trading perspective as opposed to just short term you know this will be recorded so if you want if you're unable to attend if you have a real job or doing something and it will be available afterwards so uh quite i've got a lot of requests to find out if it will be available so if you can't if you can't actually make the event uh the recording will be available and Dennis, did you get my uh, my note for the the Zoom leak at ten o'clock today? Yeah, yeah we're today. gonna be discussing our plan of attack for tomorrow. So you know, mm-hmm. lots of people have put a lot of effort in this. Money Mitch has done a great job with the promotion of this, uh, obviously as well. So you know, and we got Spencer coming back for you know the three hour event too. Um, we had to bring him and just bring him back just to everybody could say hi to everybody really, but he's been coming back in there too. And then Rob Friesen, obviously I've learned so much from Rob Friesen over the years. I mean, my two mentors, really, if I look at my trading career with Joel Alconin, who took me under his wing back in 1999 and taught me a lot about the overall markets and Rob Friesen, who's been the president of right trading for a long, long time, where I learned all the relationship stuff from. So I mean, right now, these Rob, were my two mentors. So you're Rob getting me else. and my two mentors. You know, so for, you know, three hours for 99 bucks, if you, you get, you put the PMPP 10 for the pre-market prep viewers here, obviously you get the extra 10% off there too. So I think it's cheap education. Um, if I was just learning, I'd be all over it, but you know, it's uh, up to you guys. I mean, a lot of people don't like to pay for anything, but I always say you get what you pay for. If you're willing to pay nothing, I don't know how you invest in a business. And not pay for anything. I just don't totally understand that myself. You know, when I'm running a business, I'm spending money. You know, and I talk about that. You know, I spend money, thousands of dollars every month just for software. You know, my bill right now is approximately $3,000 a month. And that's just for software and news. I spend that every single month. I just spent a thousand dollars on just CMT material, so uh, I think this yeah. might be a little bit better for you guys out there than that thousand dollars that I just spent. And that's just to take the exam. Doesn't even mean that you even get the certification. So if you guys want to learn from these traders right above me, these are the guys that definitely have taught me more and more about focusing on relationship trading. That's what led me to getting to my bread and butter, which is swing trading. So I'm going to be there too. I might even have to cancel my own show, uh, but w- we will get into we, that a- another time. Let's we want to see the chat in there. I mean, you guys make definitely. It. You, guys, you guys, you guys, the chat makes this show. Obviously, we have lots of people that are running in this chat all the time. You know, these are the people we we really reach out to you guys. That's why we give the PMP show the 10% off because we reach out to you guys because you guys are our bread and butter. I mean, you guys, you know, come on here, regular or regular listeners. You're the guys that ask the awesome questions in the Q&A. So, you know, it's very important to us, you know, the pre, that the pre-market prep, you know, people who watch this show, you know, and are, are there, that they're the main people who are involved because they ask the best questions. Got the best algos in the business. Run with them. <laughs> There's some good algos in there. Too. All There's right, some, we'll check we in with you at the top of the hour. Everyone, have a good day. Have a good one, guys. I'll get Joel on out of here. I'll get Dennis going, and I'm gonna go ahead and play our swing trading trailer. I'll see you. Have a great day, Dennis. All right, let's go ahead. Let's play that trailer. Check it on out. I just threw up the link there in the chat. So go on over to premarketprep.com and sign up before. It closes you out. 
Are you tired of being sucked into momentum stocks just as the momentum turns the other way? Do you not have a big enough account or tired of the complexity for options trading? Well, join Free Market Prep's introduction to swing trading. This is going to get me fired up. Learn event-driven trading, seasonality, sympathy trading, and you can stay on top with optimal hedging strategies. So welcome back, Spencer Israel from the Market Hiatus and learn along with Tim as he hones his trading and investing skills. August 18th, 12 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern. You see, you learn a lot every day listening to pre-market prep. Learn how to become an investor that can survive the swings, ups, and downs in this volatile environment. Definitely will be recorded so you guys can hit rewind, slow it down, speed it up, whichever works best for you. I say you guys go ahead and break open that piggy bank, get some of that money out, and go ahead and get some learning from the pre-market prep team. You don't want to miss out on that. And right now, do me a favor, guys, before you get on out of here, hit the thumbs on up. Can we get to 600 likes? I've been trying to improve the show and do better for you guys, perform better like always. We're always open for uh, feedback. If you guys hit the comments after, we pay attention to this because at the end of the day, you guys run the show here on Benzinga. And now let's get you guys over to the live trading team and the boot camp. So new traders out there, if you want to learn today, come on over to our boot camp from Benzinga. We're going to have a lot of traders going through day trading strategy, option strategies, and a lot from our educational schools. So don't miss that. Come on over. We're going to go ahead and get into some trading action. Hit the like, promo code PMPP10. Don't miss that. Let's go ahead. Let's dive on in and check out the boot camp now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 